Welcome to another episode of My Best Fail. I'm your host, Diana Lanham, and I am very excited for you to meet our guest today. He has great energy and he has a wonderful story about overcoming a very challenging, very rough beginning. Please welcome my guest, Raymond Power. Raymond, I am so happy that you're here. And I cannot wait for people to hear your story. I've only heard little snippets of it and I find it very inspirational. I want to hear a little bit about you. And then what we're going to do is we're going to go back and kind of get into your past story. Yeah, um, I'm an actor and a producer. Uh, I own a company. Uh, I make movies, make content. Uh, I motivational speak, uh, give back to the youth. Um, and just try to tell my story so I can inspire people to, you know, where they, where I come from so they can do, see that they can do whatever they yeah. put their mind to. So yeah. I'm a father. Uh, of five children. Five children. Yeah, don't gloss over that. <laughs> no, That's no. amazing. I got an amazing partner and we uh, do everything together. And yeah, so I'm just, I'm busy, but yeah. it's good type of busy. What are the ages of your children? Ah, okay. I better remember this, right? Yeah. Um, so the oldest is 15. Then I have a 13-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 7-year-old, and my daughter, she is 4. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they keep us busy. That's a sure. loud household. It, it, yes, very and loud. And your two dogs. And I heard two you say dogs. you have two dogs, too. Yeah. Yeah, and grandma's there, too. So, yeah. yeah thank God. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God, yeah. Well, it's pretty amazing, especially you and I were talking earlier about we both kind of entered this business about 2018, 2019, yep. right? I want to find out about how all that started. What I have found in a lot of times with the stories that people tell me, especially if it involves a fail or a setback, quite frequently there is some sort of trauma or some sort of murky backstory that leads them up to that point. I'd love to have you go back to where you feel like the story started for you and just kind of let us know how you got to where you are today. I would say this, where I'm at now, where it finally took the change and started, was one where I was at my lowest. Uh, it, I was addicted to drugs, I was a gang member, and I was, I was at my lowest. I had no opportunity, I had nothing to look forward to. Uh, it was glim, it was depressing, uh, I, I didn't want to live. How old were you? Uh, let me see. I was 21, 21 um, almost 22, I, I want to say. 22, 23. I, I'm a little murky on the yeah, age, yeah, but yeah. it's right before my, my son was born. So, oh, wow. Um, and that's what got me up off my, you know, but That was your, like, wake-up yeah, call? Yeah, that was my wake-up call. Yeah. I was rock bottom. I had nowhere else to go, and I realized I was having a kid. I had just did some drugs that night, found out I was having a baby. And I was like, yeah, my kid can't, my kid can't, I can't do this to him. You know what I mean? So, but isn't it amazing that you had that clarity? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm glad I did, because not many people get that clarity. Kids, yeah. nothing changes it. It, it. You just stay in that rut. But, but knowing that I had somebody that I had to take care of, knowing what I went through in life, and knowing that what I did in those next moments would determine what they were going to go through in life. It was like, that was enough. I was, I was ready. It's pretty amazing, especially in your state of mind and how yeah. old you were. Yeah, definitely. How long had you been in that life where you were gangs and addicted and all that? How long had that been going on? So gangs, I grew up on the east side of Tacoma. Um, you know, uh, I, my grandma, I had a good household at her house. My mom's house was kind of bad. It was like trap house, drugs, um, everything you can think of. 
I could stay at my grandma's, but I always ran back to home. Just no matter how good it was over there, I always wanted to go home. And when I was home, it was just nobody was there. I had no role model, nobody to look out for, no father figure. Uh, it was hard for my mom. And she went through things as well. So I was just on my own. So yeah. I was running the streets, doing whatever I wanted to. And so gangs were like my neighbors, you know, those were the people you looked up to when you don't have a, like a male role model. As a kid, you look up to, you, you try, you go search for that. So these gang members were like father figures. I wanted the feeling of, I can't under, I can't explain the feeling, but when like you go to your parent and you do something good, like you throw a ball or you, you make an accomplishment, you get love back. So yeah, yeah. I go do something bad and they give me that love. So I'm ready to do anything bad as long as they like, look, guess what I did today? Because well, it's like, attention. Oh. Yeah, they're it's like, attention oh, from homie. a father figure. Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 So, yeah. So I, I was ready to do whatever. So I did that for years, um, and it and it got worse as I got older. I started like raising the ranks and getting known, and um, and then I got shot, I got shot twice, twice in my leg. Over over gangbanging, I've been shot like four times. I was shot twice in my leg, in my hand, I ricocheted off a tooth. Um, Oh I'm missing gosh. a tooth, which I'm very self-conscious of, but now I'm not as much. But aren't you glad it ricocheted yes. off your yes. tooth and yes. it didn't ricochet off yeah. your brain? Yeah, it went through my hands, went yeah. through my legs. Oh and my that God. that's, that's I think I was 19 when I got shot. And I went to the hospital and they prescribed me some painkillers. Yeah. And that's what took me on a whirlwind of a drug addiction because... Oh, so you weren't addicted before that? No, no, I was. I, was, I mean, I smoked weed, yeah. and you know, that's a lot of people in the hood. They, they smoke weed, they drink. It's a form of like trauma suppression yeah. because we see a lot of bad stuff. Our friends are killed. We're cops stop just to mess with us, beat us up, throw us in the wrong neighborhood. You you get jumped, you get shot at. It's like it's like trauma every day. You know what I'm saying? You oh don't God. get a break from that at home. Your mom's getting beat up by somebody. I mean, you see all this terrible yeah. stuff. So anything to help alleviate that pain, you're going to do. A lot of people smoke weed because it helps them. You're, yeah. you're, you're self-medicating and because you don't know any other way. Yeah. There's nobody to tell you, hey, you should go to counseling. You know, I'm going to go to counseling. You're going to make me look weak. That's how you feel. Yeah. You're not going to go to counseling. Yeah. So you yeah. self-medicate and you do what makes you feel better. So, um, yeah, so then I got shot and... They handed me pain pills, and those pain pills like turned off everything. All the feelings, you know, you, you feel good. You're like, oh man, I'm gonna keep doing this. I don't, I don't feel, yeah. I don't care. Um, I'll do anything because I have no conscience because I'm messed up on drugs. So yeah, um, yeah, it, it got worse. And well, and that probably created a whole situation where you then had to get the pills and feed the addiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah? stealing, doing whatever I could to get them selling just doing whatever i could yeah. and not being a good person it came to a point where i wasn't allowed at my family's i was i was rock bottom you know i didn't yeah. have anybody nobody nobody but myself were you born into that uh my, so my mom my mom had a lot of issues a lot of bad guys in our lives a lot of abusive men uh, i used to beat her up beat us up as kids it was a constant Constant drama. Uh, so your father wasn't there. No, my father. My father was never there. Um, funny story. My dad, uh, twin Puerto Rican guy. Uh, 
I was always told my dad was somebody. I, I, in my life, I heard like three different people was my dad. So in life, I didn't even know what I was growing up. So that's like, that's something in my head growing up. Like, you don't even know who you are. But who was telling you? My mom, my mother. So she, she went through a lot. She was oh. beat, she got on drugs. She, she, she wasn't right herself. So yeah, yeah. to raise a boy and my sister, it just wasn't, it was a bad spot. You know, she's, she's better now and she's doing well, but growing up it was tough. So uh, we, had, we had a lot of drama and a lot of bad things that happened to us living in that house. So I remember when we first chatted, um, you had said that because of your mom's condition and her addiction, that you were you spent time as a little child with your grandmother, yeah, and that was a good life. Yeah, my grandma. Tell me about that. My grandma owned a restaurant. She put me in private school. Uh, my mom sent me away to a lot of places. Like I would end up with thinking I'm going to McDonald's because I hadn't eaten in a long time, and then I look in the back and I'm going home with some strangers, and I end up staying with them for months crying trying to get on the phone like where's my family finally my grandma comes and finds me and, and it's like where has he been and takes me back and these people and, and i'm staying with you? i was like maybe seven i think eight nine maybe i i don't know i was little though younger and this family i'm at is like making me like their household slave kind of i was shoveling their they had pigs i had to shovel the poop every morning and they locked their refrigerator it was like terrible it was like Crying every night, holding a picture of my mom. It was it was messed up. Oh my god! <laughs> it was messed up. Oh so. Um, and was your sister with you, or no, did you get she, separated? My sister. My mom would keep my sister, which wasn't good. But you know that makes me feel like crap too. Like why yeah. does she get to stay? You know, because yeah. I was older and I knew what was going on. But yeah, I stayed at that house and then a couple other houses that were good. But I just wanted to go home. Finally, my grandma took me back and I, I went to private school. I think it was like fifth and sixth grade. Yeah. And private school was good, but I was already, you know, re acting out, you know, acting out in school, trying to be tough guy, trying to, you know, just not, not doing what I should have been doing. So yeah. um, I, I got kicked out of a lot of schools for fighting. I had a problem with male authority figures. So it was just like, you know, dealing with that. Yeah. And being at my grandma's, which was cool, she gave me a normal life for, for like four years and was amazing, but... I, I ran, you know, I kept running, running back, finding a girlfriend, staying with people, couch surfing. Did that for years of my life, just staying house to house wherever I could stay. Just like being a rolling stone. So it yeah. was it's crazy. Is she still in your life? Is she the grandma that's at the yeah, house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. take care of her. So she's. she's she must love the kids. Yeah, the yeah. Kids. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> she's older and she's there's five kids. Yeah, so that's she, a lot. she loves the kids, but it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. But, well, she's a grandma. She yeah. can stay here. Now they're yours yeah, again and yeah, she can go exactly, in the room. Yeah, exactly. That's the best thing about being an aunt and uncle and a grandma and grandpa again. Yeah. So, yeah. well, um, so I'm sorry. That's oh, no, it's good. I've, I I've know, dealt with it. <laughs> oh, I think I've dealt with it. Probably right. not, but I, I will figure it out. Well, you know, it's, and I'm sure you've heard this a million times, but it is truly amazing that you survived that. Yeah. And not only that you survived it, that you're alive, but that you survived it intact. Yes. Because, you know, there's some people who could not, they might be alive, but they could not have survived that mentally, and they were, are probably in a very bad, bad place. And I see, that, I see that every day now with my friends that I grew up with. Um, a lot of them are in prison. Uh, just seen a friend 
walking down the street the other day that's homeless, just talking to him, some best friend grew up with. It's like mm -hmm. a lot of them just never could bounce back. They're addicted to drugs. There's like there's very few of us left that are um, doing recovered. good, recovered, doing good. There are a few of us, and the ones that are doing good are doing like amazing. They're they're owning companies, building million dollar homes. It's it's amazing to see the ones that have overcame it, but there's few and in between. Yeah. So I find it amazing that you were in that state and the thought of having a child was was the blessing that actually gave you a mind shift and you pivoted. Especially at being so young. Yeah. You know, most people would have just turned and ran away and said, I don't want to have anything to do with that. Or wouldn't have just been in a state of mind that they could have even dealt with it and even recognized that it was a decision they had to make, right? So let's go back to that and talk about what, how, how that was for you and when you shifted your mind and what you went through. And I was, I always wanted a kid, I guess, you know, searching for that love through gangs, through drugs, just searching for something. So a kid was just like, everything I guess it was like everything I was missing it was a fam, a, a way to start a family and and have a normal life so there was no way I was going to pass that up I was like that's what I searched for my whole life and never had the opportunity so when I had the kid um, I was addicted to painkillers opiates a hard thing to get off of uh, very hard you go through withdrawals you get sick some most people don't get off pain pills. Did that you do easy. that alone? Uh, well, you know, at the time, I mean, basically, yeah, basically alone. I but I I went through treatment, so that helped. But I had to make a decision and just have that mindset. When I make a decision on something, I go for it. If that's leaving somebody alone, if it's getting off drugs, if it's stopping cigarettes, if it's uh, being in a gang, climbing to the top. It's it's I don't know. It's something. When I make a decision, I go for it, and I go yeah. all the way in, and I and I don't stop until I get to where I need to be. Like in college, I, I, I started college later in life. But that I'll, I'll get to that. But I started changing my life. I got off drugs. That was the first step. Was depressed for like two years. Gained a whole bunch of weight. Like I got very big because I was depressed. I stopped talking to all the gang members, all my friends. So you're like. So you, leaving you, you everything left your you life know. behind. Yeah, you even though that was your decision and it wasn't a great yeah. life, but it was all you had. It's all I had. It's all yeah. I knew. It's, I yeah. didn't know anything else. I knew, I knew that. I knew how to hustle. I knew how to, you know, those were my homies. Those were my friends. Those were the people I cared about. So it's like, and you're ingrained in that gang culture where you don't turn your back on somebody. You don't leave the gang. You don't. You don't stop doing that stuff. So to do that, you're like, you're fighting with yourself. You're thinking, oh, I'm a sucker. I'm, I'm a punk, I'm weak, I'm, you know, all that stuff. Even though you're bettering yourself, you think you're not. You think you're, you're this terrible person. Yeah. And, and when you get out, you can't have one foot in and one foot out. I tried that and that does not no, work. You have no. to step all the way out. So I did that. And then... Um, Plus, you know, there's so many people in your old life that yeah. don't want to see you change. No, they don't. So for you to not change, you have to not succeed. So they're, they're, they don't have any, you know, interest in having you succeed at things, no, right? They, they think so I'm sure you're getting it. a lot of guilt and yeah. pullback and yeah. all that like, stuff. Like, come kick it. Why aren't you in the hood? What are you doing? Yeah. You're supposed to be out here with us. But I was like, I can't. I got to do this. I'm having a kid. So I did that. And I went to, like, DSHS Social Service. And I was like, uh, I want to... I want to do something. Um, give me something to do. So I started working first. Uh, I was a felon because I got in trouble uh, when I was when I was younger, about 19. I went to prison, 
I got a year and a day. Uh, oh, wow. My sister was in a room with a guy, and the guy was doing something she didn't want him to do. I caught it, and I beat the dude up, and I was already a young gang member, so they were looking for anything to uh, get me locked up. They want, they want you locked up. They want to have a case on you, even if you're not doing anything. You're out there with the boys. They're going to get you and treat you like one of the boys. Mm -hmm. So I was a felon. I just got off drugs. I didn't have any schooling. I dropped out of basically middle school, never went to eighth grade. So I didn't have I didn't have anything to do. So they, they started working me at like a old mattress factory. I was tearing apart dirty mattresses, like recycling them. And I was like, I hate this. This is just ridiculous. It's gross. There's like bed bugs. I had to strip down every day oh, before yeah. I came home. But I was making an honest living. I was changing my life. So, you know, but I went back. You were doing I, something. I was doing something. You're doing something. I went back and I was like, I, I need to do something. They're like, why don't you go to school? And I was like, oh, I never thought that was an option. Higher education. All right, I'll try it. I went and got my GED. I got it in a week and I got um, above average scores. I scored above everybody else. And the teacher was like, dude, you need to be in school. Like, how do you know all this? And I think it's from private school. They teach you ahead of the curb. And I had those four years in private school. So, I mean, I guess I held. I was always a smarter gang member. I was always, you know doing something to teach us something, not to just, you know, yeah. as we were going and we were taking boxing training and, and just training our minds. And it was always, I led in a different kind of way of not self-destruction, but like protection of the neighborhood, protection of each other. So it was always something ingrained in me. So I went to school. I was like, okay, I'm not going to work at the bed bug factory. So <laughs> I'm good off of that. So I went to school. I went to Bates. I enrolled in the electrical, uh, facility electrical engineering program. I became the vice president of the whole school. Um, what? Yeah, I became the vice president. I was like, I want to do student government. Why not? You know, and I, I did it. I, I ran. I got elected. Um, I became a class delegate. That's uh, amazing. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. I won an award. It's called the Transforming Lives Award for transforming my life. I, I got a teacher and finally a mentor that I never had before. Yeah. The first couple months, I was acting a fool. I almost got in a fight. I was still doing the old me. Yeah. And then this mentor sat me down and he was like, dude, you have so much in you that you can't see, but I'm going to tell you. And he took that time to explain to me things that I never heard before. And it literally it lit a spark in me that was like, I started believing in myself. Isn't that so amazing? Having a mentor in yeah. any capacity in your life, it is amazing the results and the changes that can happen when you have somebody who takes you aside, sees something in you, because that praise alone is yeah. a big thing, but then just says, you know, puts you on the path and says, this is what you're doing, this is what you're capable of, and can help guide you a little bit. People who have mentors or have somebody that believed in them, even your grandmother, right? Yeah, yeah. It started then. Yeah. Those are the people that are so incredibly lucky because they're the ones that move forward faster and usually healthier. I wish there was some sort of mentor, mentorship program that all of our kids Everybody in school. Everybody has to take. Like, yeah, you get assigned a mentor, whether it's you know, all through middle school, all through you know high school. Uh, mentorship is such a powerful presence, in, in especially in young kids' lives. Yeah, you know? mentors changed my life, and they still today change yeah. my life. It's yeah. like the biggest thing that I can look back and see that that actually has been life-changing is, yeah. is somebody who just believed in you. yeah just believed in me and that he, he believed in me and i just went full force ahead i, I finished my degree i got uh, associates of science 
and I, I did all that stuff. I won those awards. I gave speeches. And, and if you're a true actor, getting an award probably just fed that yeah, monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just love awards. I, I didn't, I, then I, I knew I always liked acting, but I didn't know acting till then. I, yeah. I did that. I thought I was, that was going to change everything, and I was going to get a job, and it was going to change my whole life. It did not. I got out. I couldn't find a job because of my criminal record. Mm -hmm. I had these degrees. I had everything that I could, I could possibly imagine, and it did not help. So I sat around for like a year, depressed and just unhappy, and gained a ton of weight and was way overweight, and it was just, I was miserable. And I just went through all this stuff. Yeah. And I got all these awards, and I thought it was just going to flick a switch, but it did not happen. So... But Life is all about timing. It is. Yeah. It is. So yeah. I wasn't where I needed to be at the time. I wasn't mentally prepared for where I had to get mentally prepared for my next step. Yeah. I went back to DSHS and I said, this ain't working. I'm not, I'm not unhappy doing this. I actually don't want to be like an electrical engineer. It's boring as well. So it was yeah. not like <laughs> what I wanted to do. It just There was dollar signs when I went to go get the degree and it was like, oh, this is a fast track to becoming financially stable. And it was yeah. like, it, it seemed like the right track. And how old was your um, son? When I finished school, it was in 2013, so he was, he was like a year, uh, two and a half. Uh, I, was, I was expecting another kid by then, so another, another child, uh, my other son. And how was that going? How was being a, a, a father? was father? great. I'd come home every day and be with my kids. It was beautiful. My kids are healthy. My kids have never wanted for anything. They've never had to go through what I've gone through, and I've made sure of that today. Every Christmas has been great, every holiday. I mean, I'm not playing. I don't care what I have to do. I'm going to make sure that they get what they need, and that's always been, been a good thing for me. Were you always a single father? No, I, I, was, I was married at the time. She was there for quite a long time, about 10 years. Um, oh, that's a long time. We, we built something, but we both come from that life, and... As I'm getting out, she didn't want to get out uh -huh. and kept making mistakes. And eventually it got so bad that it was just, it, it, it was me and my kids get right or get out, basically. Yeah. And, you know, to, we're not together anymore and I have my kids. So, you know, that's, that's how that went, you know. Yeah. I, I'm not going to speak bad, even though I could, but I'm not going to do that, you know, yeah. on here. But, yeah, yeah. yeah, but I have my kids. And, and 10 years safe. is a long time to commit and try to make yeah. that work. Yeah. And make it work and come from where we came from. And, and you know, it's like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you got to grow up and handle your business. Yeah. And if kids can't make you do that, I don't know what's going to yeah. make you do that. Because your kids are everything. They're an embodiment of you. So. Yeah. And sometimes traumas are so bad you just can't shake them. So. I was just going to say that some people's demons are so powerful that they will never overcome them. Yeah. Even if they, they think that's the one thing they want more than anything, there's just something about certain things that you cannot overcome it. And everybody reacts to trauma different. Like 100%. something little to you or me could be gigantic Everything to, to something else. else right? So you can't judge people. On... That's why you never judge people yeah. ever because you never know what, what someone is going through. Yeah. You know, like what they what they're going home to or, you know, what they're going to work to or just for them to even function as a normal person at work, they're masking. Yeah. Right. Um, I try as much as possible to give people grace, even when it's hard to do that. Yeah. Because everybody is going through something. Something. Yeah. I mean, even the most 
the people are higher in their careers. I deal with all kinds of people. And, Everyone. And at home, it's not what you think half yeah. the time. Nobody has a perfect life. Even no. people who have the most perfect life, it's there's always something going on, too. Yeah. You know, or there's a struggle that they're dealing with as well. So. Exactly. All right, so take us back. So your kids are about two and a half. Yeah. And you said, no more bed bugs, no more engineering. And, what, and so where did you go from there? Uh, I went back to DSHS, and I said, this, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not happy. I need to do something else. So they put me at this place called Courage 360. It's a, uh, it's like counseling. You know, I was giving speeches. I was working with the Goodwill. I was like, I want to do this. I want to work with people. You know, yeah. and so I became. I started as like the receptionist person there, and I worked my way up to a housing case manager, where I was helping with housings, helping with grants, housing people. So I was like, I, I came from the front desk in a matter of months and became a housing case manager with no degree. I mean, no degree in that. You have to yeah. have a social service yeah. degree. But I got to as far as I could, and they're like, you got to go to school and get a degree. And I was like, okay. And I thought about that. I, I was thinking about going to school for cooking because I love to cook, and I thought that might have been an option. But then I was like, no, I'm going to do the social service thing. So I went to Pierce College, and Pierce College changed my life. Like, really? The biggest change... I could ever imagine. I enrolled in the social service mental health program, which I completed. I have a degree in social service mental health. I have a degree, I have a direct transfer associates with a DTA, uh, or, with a social service mental health certificate. I also got my high school diploma, which I never thought I would ever get. So I have a GED, a high school diploma, two an associate in science, associate in arts, and I have a social service mental health certificate. Well, wait a second, you said a GED and a high school yeah, diploma? Yeah, because I got my GED to go to college the first time. But yeah. then when I went to Pierce College, they said, you can, you can get your high school diploma. And I was more excited to get that yeah. than I was my degree because that was something I never, ever thought I would have back. And I was always like, oh, everybody got their high school diploma, yeah. I'll never have it. But I got it. Yeah. And I was like, that was so amazing it's like anything is possible after that you know yeah but there um social service mental health was amazing uh this curse 360 closed while i was going to school so the funding stopped oh. so that was not an outlet to go back to so i had to think for the future so as i'm thinking of stuff i ended up taking an acting class or no i didn't take an acting class i took a public speaking class and in public speaking, they have you do improv, right? Yeah. Doing that improv, I felt so alive. And I was like, this is amazing. I love this. I was like, something I never felt inside of me. So I took an act. I was like, I'm going to take an acting class. But why, why not? I've yeah. always wanted to yeah. act when I was a kid. I used yeah. to carry cameras. We used to make superhero videos and music videos when I was at private school. But it never seemed like a, something you could do. Isn't it? It's so crazy when you're going along like this path, you're trying this, or people are saying, oh, this is what you're good at, you know, um, and then all of a sudden, just by chance, you either meet somebody or you're doing something and you start doing, going down another path and you're like, this is who I was supposed to be. You know what? And I remember what I was going to tell you earlier. I think that you definitely, you've always showed that you were a leader. You said that you were basically a leader and a protector in the gangs. Yep. And then the fact that you got things accomplished so quickly when you were, you know, going with DSHS and then you started doing the programs. Yep. And then when you went to Pierce and how you raised pretty fast in those ranks, yes. right? You're clearly 
a producer. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. You're clearly a leader as yeah. a director. Yeah. So all of those skills, that skill set, you were learning that and you didn't know it. I was it, prepping, yeah. And they, you were prepping for, uh, for the acting class. Exactly. And it actually, probably the acting class is the thing that actually propelled you into the whole world that you're in I, now. It, it did. Acting, I, I took the class. That's so amazing. Took that class on a whim. I met my partner there too that I'm with today. <laughs> We've been together like four years now. Yeah, the acting class changed everything. It, it, I met another mentor, my acting teacher. I found my people, the people that I were friend, people that I would have never hung out with back in the day. We've been like, ah, oh, they're nerds. Uh, I took an acting class with uh, Greg Gilmore. He's he's a like a kind of method teacher, and he said. Um, He's like, so your whole life you were acting. You, you, you were like the greatest liar alive. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I was always putting on these masks um, my whole life, just trying to get through it. Yeah. So the acting class was just amazing. I did live plays and I, I, I raised the ranks in acting. I ended up becoming the president of the student government at Pierce College. I won a top scholar in the United States award and got flown out to Long Beach to speak in front of 4,000 people. I, um, what were you speaking about? Uh, just my, my life, uh, how I changed my life and how I overcame everything and, and how Pierce College helped that. And then I won like the best student award and I, I just did so much at the school. I, I, I accomplished so much as the president. I started a food bank there for people, not just at school, but in the community. I got free bus passes to the whole student body. I, I installed security cameras out in the parking lot for students. I, I did so much stuff at the school. We were the most successful student government that has ever been there. So it was like outstanding. I was on the front cover. I'm on billboards right now in buses for Pierce College. It was like something it that was I transformational at that time. Yeah, yeah it was. Isn't beautiful. it interesting that when you were younger and you were living that thug life yeah. and you were actually feeding off of, of society basically, yeah. right? And now if you look at your track record and all the things that you've accomplished, you've been giving back and you've been involved in social services and you've been creating ways that you can do good for the community. Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm sure you're aware that's not lost in yeah, you that. Yeah, I feel like I'm giving back. I, I took a lot from the community, I feel like. And now it's my time to give it back. I've, I've done stuff with that risk youth. I went and taught a creative writing class in the children's prisons, because that's what they are, they're children's prisons. Children shouldn't be in prison, just saying. I did that with the creators of Leap, it's a, it's a big cartoon, and the creators of Cars, and the, I got to bring them in and let these, well it was a Zoom, but I got to let these yeah. kids see me, somebody that talks like them, walks like them, that's been in the same prisons with like people from Hollywood, and inspire them to be like, wow, this guy's us, and he's in Hollywood doing stuff with these kind of people. So, and then just working with at-risk youth and giving back. And as a producer, I, I try to give opportunities to the people I meet that are good people. If, if I know your good work, I'm gonna, if I hear there's a job, I'm gonna try to get you the job, yeah, dude. Yeah. Because I want, I want you to benefit, you know yeah. what I'm saying? If you, you know, good people should get good things, I feel like. I'm all about that too. Like connecting, connecting people up and yeah. being a connector. Yes. You know, I tell 
everyone around me as much as I can. If you need something or if you're looking for a mentor or you need a connection, say it out loud. Yeah. Because you will it's amazing how many people that you just say something randomly to and they're like, Oh, I know somebody who yeah. can help you with that. Yeah. Or oh I was just doing that last week. I can I can connect you yeah. and hook you up with that. Speak it into it, existence. Speak it to. into all about manifesting. Yeah, me too. Right? <laughs> but I love I love being a connector. I yeah. love the feeling I get when I can bring two people together or bring an opportunity to somebody and so connectors I almost feel selfish because I get more out of it than they might be making tons or whatever getting whatever. more but I feel yeah. I feel good about it yeah I you know people help me people had my back I wouldn't be where I was if I didn't have good people around yeah. me so you know transformation truly for it to be a good experience and for it to work at its best be its most beneficial you cannot do it alone. No, no. You, and especially you can't go through something that you did yeah. alone. You have to have people around you mm -hmm. because you have to have people that are going to catch you when you fall. I know that sounds so cliche. It's or true. are going to say, keep going, keep going. We believe in you. Yep. Yeah. And you got this. And no, it wasn't as bad as you think. Well, maybe it was, but you'll get through it, right? Yeah. It's not going to, you know, you're not going to be defined by this. Being able to give back and tell other people who are in that position just to be a cheerleader sometimes. Yeah. And, say, and, and or also, we, you know, how we view ourselves so harshly in that inner dialogue that we tell ourselves. And then people are talking to you and who believe in you and they've seen what you've done. Mm -hmm. And they're like, that is not how I view you. No. You've got all of these strengths. You are so much more than what you tell yourself. And if you don't have people around you like that, it is very hard to even risk or try anything. Yeah, it's, it's hard to believe in yourself. Well, because you think you're going to fail. Yeah. Yeah, you have to tell somebody. And you have to be with somebody who believes in the, believes in you enough that when you do fail, they're like, this is just try one, try twice. You're going to get up bigger and better. And push to fail. Yeah. Like, push you to fail. I found that the stuff I'm most scared to do, yeah. when I go do it, I win big. Like, yeah. The stuff that I'm like terrified to do, I try to run towards those things. Yeah. Because when I do those things, I grow the most. And yeah. if I fail and do it again, I grow even more. So, yeah. yeah, people to push you to do the stuff you're scared of is important. Yeah. Like I did the other day, my buddy, another actor friend, um, I met on a movie just out of nowhere, become a good friend of mine. He was like, come do this ruck. A ruck is something you go walk with weights on. And I was so scared to do this thing, dude. It was, we ended up doing 30 miles with a 30 pound pack carrying cinder blocks for 16 hours at night in Seattle. Why? I have like, no idea. Why? I don't know. Just to, just to test just yourself to, test to see and if And I you didn't do train it. or anything, and these guys yeah. been training all year, and I completed it, and it was so profound. Like, when I do other things now, it's like, I can do literally anything. Because like, I did that I thought thing. I was going to die. I thought it was over. I was like, I got to stop, but I kept going. These guys pushed me. And it was just like things like that, just doing stuff I'm scared of that yeah. I don't think I can do has made me like feel like yeah. I could do anything. Like well, that school. was the reason for it. Yeah, exactly. Because if you can complete it, you can do anything. Yeah, I can do anything. Yeah. Just like yeah. becoming the student government president or going yeah. to school, stuff I thought I could not do. And I finished. There was times at school that I did not think I was going to be able to pass math or do something, but I asked for help and got help from people. Yeah. And I was able to overcome it all. So it yeah. was like things like that are amazing. Did you have, well, I'm sure that you suffered from imposter syndrome. Always, still to this yeah. day. Yeah. I mean, every day I suffer from imposter syndrome. Don't think I should be here. Ask my girls, should I do this? Is it, am yeah. I good? Am, am I okay? And a million people could tell me I'm good at it. And I still, I mean, I'd be at the table with some like, big big names now like uh, a-listers in hollywood now and connecting people and doing deals and 
I still, I, I just did a producer's summit. I saw that. That's... It was, yeah, in, in a different country. I was yeah. on a Zoom, and I'm there with Aldous Hodge um, from Hawkman, of the new rock movie, and his brother Edwin Hodge, yeah. and, and a couple other producers that are, like, huge. Yeah, and no, I recognize it, those names. It's yeah. a panel, and I'm one of the producers on it, and I'm like, oh, what the heck? I don't know what <laughs> I'm talking about. I'm going to copy what they're saying in a way or something, but I was there, and I, yeah. I showed up, and I was terrified, didn't think I belonged. But I connected with them after, and I'm able to talk to them, and I'm, you know, I am. I'm a producer. I'm doing big movies worth millions of dollars, and I don't say that to brag, but I say that to, like, from a drug addict selling drugs and doing nothing, was attempted suicide, and just hated my life, and now I'm, like, in a room with these people that I've looked up to all my life, so. And also think that you're a peer. Yeah, I'm a peer, yeah. Yeah. Even if I don't think I am, yeah. they, they believe it, and yeah. they believe in me, and they encourage me, so that's cool. But it all goes back to the acting class, like where I'm at now and, and the company. I, I took that acting class, and I did so good that I got a scholarship to uh, Seattle Film School, Creative Writing Film School, and I'm yeah. not a writer. It's like, I'm not going to go here. I don't really write, but I took the opportunity, leapt and went to the writing school for weeks. Mm-hmm. And I met my co-owner of Mind Ride Entertainment, a Jonathan Hollywood screenwriter, Jonathan Kesey. He writes stuff for Will Smith. He makes Hollywood movies. He's he's a big wow. time, right? And so just so you know, friend. you know I'm a screenwriter. Yes, Did you yes, know that? yes, I do. So yeah. I'm just like fanning over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, wow, <laughs> He's, wow, a, he's wow, amazing. Yeah. yeah. I took his class, and I didn't think I was going to be like a writer or anything, but I connected with so many people there. I told him my story. And we started making a TV show based on my life. It's called Give Me Shelter. I was going to ask you about that. We had it almost sold before the pandemic to a streaming network, and then stuff got weird. But we're back to making that on top of, that's on our slate of movies and stuff we're making right now. So you've already shot some um, episodes of that, No, we shot like a teaser, like just like a little thing to get people talking about it. And it's going to be a series? Yeah, series based on my life in Seattle and the homeless epidemic and uh, things that I went through, so... It's pretty cool. That is amazing. Yes. NPR did a story on us, and it was just, like, uh, mind-blowing. And that was when I first started in, like, 2019. Yeah. It, like, happened right away, right out the gate. So, like, that was like, whoa, how does it get better than this, you know? And and connecting with him and then becoming a friend, not just another mentor. He says, I'm not not your mentor. I have to consider you a friend. But I'm like, you're like a mentor, dude. (laughs) But And then he introduced me to another guy, Josh Taft. He did... He's a director, and he did all the music videos from the 90s, and he works for Nike and all the big... He does commercials for all these guys, and I feel sometimes I don't deserve it. Well, you know what? It's because they, even if they know your backstory, if they've heard your story and stuff, they are thinking about you and relating with you how you are now. Mm -hmm. And so we are always thinking about the person that we were, and, and not necessarily, oh, if somebody found out, or like if they really knew, but we always think about that and how long it took us to get there. And sometimes you're always still trying to get there inside. But they're relating to you, to how you are now and the things that you've, you're accomplishing now. Yeah. Right? That is a very cool place to be in. It's a very hard place when you haven't done it a lot because you do. You suffer from imposter syndrome every time you're meeting with them. Yeah, right? exactly. You like know? I'm on the boat with them and I'm like, what yeah. am I doing here? Like, And they don't need anything from me. I mean, they're not... Yeah benefiting off of me but they like he told me the other day like I believe in you creatively and I want to create with you yeah we're gonna go film a docu-series for Annie and I can't say much about it but it's already greenlit and 
uh, I'm going to be his AD on that. And um, he oh believes in me. He let me shoot yeah. this big, giant commercial where I got to cast people, my friends and stuff. And, uh, and it was just, and they got paid a lot of money. So it's like these that's opportunities spread I'm, that I'm around. able to spread it around yeah, like i've been collecting awesome. people and like yeah, I'm gonna, when i like uh george clooney i heard a story about him when he made it big he got a duffel bag with a million dollars and gave it to all the people that i heard that same life. story yes. i was like that's awesome i want to do that i, I, I don't want to just give that. them money yeah. i want to create yeah. generational wealth for for families you know yeah. i want to i feel like i might have the opportunity to get somewhere that I never thought possible. So I owe it to me and to the people I care about to get there because I want to give, I want to get there so I can get the people around me there. That's more you know for what? me than me getting there. This industry, I'm sorry, I just cut you off too. No. But this industry, it really is who you know. Yeah, it is. And you can be so fantastic and you can be pumping out great work, but it truly is who you know. Because there's people, there's a Raymond, and then there's a Raymond too, and for some reason you're the one who makes the connections and you get pulled up, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I'm always cognizant of that whenever I feel like I've gotten an incredible opportunity or I've been lucky with something. I always make sure if, like I've collected people too, when you know you know someone's out there doing the work, showing up, whatever, and they just haven't had the opportunity, that's when being that connector and it's like, I have something for you. Yep. You have to call this person or you have to go and see that thing, right? I love that. And you know what? True leaders lift people up. Yeah, they exactly. Do. They know that it's not all about you and you winning and stuff. Part of being a leader is you have to you have to lift you people give up. Other people even the if they surpass they you do. and they go, yeah. yeah, you have to give people opportunities. You gotta, they, they're good at it. Yeah. I, I can't do everything for me. Like, oh, I'm going. I want this. I want that. I'm going to do it. Oh, I could. Uh, I'm going to. You know, you got to get the yeah. people that are good at it to do no, it. No, I'm all about servant <laughs> leadership. Yeah, I, I truly believe in that model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it is so exciting, all this stuff. Like I said, so just to hear your story and to meet you in person, finally, yeah. you know, that's what was really exciting. But because I'm also in the film business, I love hearing about all this stuff going on. And it's not just, um, well, you know, that creative energy tends to really, really connect with, with other creative energy. For sure. I mean, and it's, it's exciting when you're in a room full of creatives. Exactly. Right? And everybody's kind <laughs> yeah. of doing their thing and we're all talking about the business. I love that. It's one of my favorite things. It's, yeah, I, yeah. That's my, where my happy place is. Yeah, to me too. To be around other creatives and creating stuff for the love of it. It's just, it's amazing. I mean, they say do what you would want to do free and that's, I, I do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and, yeah. and it's, it's amazing. And now I'm doing all kinds of crazy stuff and I'm, shot movies and been in over 40 movies and start and i'm starring in studio movies yeah and, uh acting along big actors you have to stop i can't stand it. i'm so jealous you have <laughs> no idea like crazy. i am green with jealousy and envy, just so you know it's 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 possible that's all i want to say yeah. it's possible show up do the work don't give up uh just keep work hard be it. kind yeah be yeah, nice and be curious yeah, yeah. and learn to take risks so that you're not risk averse yeah. because the opportunities out there and if you give up, it's you're never going to get there. No, it could yeah, be yeah, right yeah. around the corner. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel, I don't, I'm hard on myself. I feel like I'm not doing a lot. People think I'm doing everything and I'm like, oh, I'm not doing anything. But then, you know, I, I got to remember that I'm doing a lot and I, yeah. I'm grateful for it. But, you know, I'm not perfect. People probably look, you know, see social media like, oh, he's killing it. He's got it all together. But it's not like that. I still fight with stuff every day. Still yeah. have a family I have to take care of. Still have a house I got to keep up. Still have bills I got to pay. Still have friends that I got to look after and the yeah. relationship that I got to make sure is good. So, 
it's not perfect. Nothing's yeah. perfect, and but it's just. You've also worked really hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like people can be, you know, cast stones or say things or oh, look at he's doing all this whatever. Well, yeah, look, you're doing all this stuff because you worked hard and you put in the dues and you survived. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just like Snoop Dogg when he did that thing at that commencement where he said, "I want to thank me." Yeah, I, I love up. that. That's I want to thank me for showing up. I want to thank for me for working hard and yeah, never giving yeah. up. He deserves for, it. Yeah, he, he put yeah. in the work. He put in the effort. He comes from yeah. the same place as I come from, and it's not easy to get out of that life. It's yeah, it's addicting. It's like a drug. Um, it's like a, another type of fame, like hood fame. I know it sounds no, funny, I, I but think it's I get like. That. You're like a hood star, an yeah. icon. You're you're known, and maybe not for the right thing, but you know you're known to your people. And now the people that I thought, well, because you belong to a community, exactly. Because you know everything's about human connection. Exactly. I don't care what people say. That's mm -hmm. well, it's my belief, but it's all about the human connection. And if you're not going to get that in good, healthy ways, you're going to get them any way you can. Yeah. And yeah. now those same people in my neighborhood are like, uh, they call me from prison and, and tell them I'm insp you're inspiring me to do better mm, and awesome. uh, getting their stuff together. I get inbox messages every day like, dude, I'm getting out the streets, I'm focusing on music, I'm, I'm making movies, I'm doing this because I seen you do it. And I'm like, oh, no, that's all you. But you know, it's, it's cool to see that just yeah. me sharing my story. Because before I was scared to share my story. I was scared to tell people I did drugs. I was embarrassed, I, I kept it hidden, but it's when I fully embraced it and was like, you know what, I don't care anymore, you know, this is me. I wasn't a good guy always, I've done bad things, I was not perfect. Um, do I regret some stuff? Yeah, probably, you know, but uh, there's nothing I can do to go back and change that. I did Yeah, you can't. You just can kind of spread the love as yeah. much as you can now. Give back. Yeah, and give back, yeah. Love people, do my best. I mean, I can't change anything, so you can come for me. I've already told you everything I've done. I, don't, I really don't care. I'm just here to elevate my family and the people around me and try to inspire hope and and people like me or people not like me you know whoever yeah you know if i can do that, that that's a win to me well especially when you said you were talking in the children's prison when you we were dealing with kids who are that's the age where their spirits get crushed mm -hmm. you know what i mean and just for them to hear that there's somebody out there who's going through the exact same stuff that they're going through yeah you know how that is when you feel like you're the only one going through it and then when you meet somebody who had the same life had the same struggles and the to see that they stepped out of it. It's a, it gives you hope. It gives you hope. When I was young, I didn't have anybody like that. Nobody, yeah. they would tell you, oh, you should be doing this, you should be doing that, but it's not that easy, you know? You didn't know what I've been through. You don't know what I'm going through. You know, everybody wants me to like label my gang member friends as bad, but they, they, they've been through a lot too. You know, they've gone through a lot. They've been oppressed, they've been neglected, they've been taken advantage of. I come from a community, predominantly African-American, and they get harassed by the police. They, you know, nothing against police. I'm actually good friends with police, but it's just like, We've been through a lot of stuff. You want to say, oh, we're just bad and point your finger at it, but it's not like... You, well, there's you imperfect people everywhere. Yeah, exactly. There's imperfect people everywhere in every career, every discipline, everyone. There's, there's people who are doing their job and doing their service. 
um, and then there's people that aren't. Exactly. Right? But it doesn't mean everyone's doing exactly. that. Exactly. That's probably all we should say about exactly. that. Exactly. There's not always good people everywhere, but you yeah. should give people a second chance. I yeah. believe second chances are important. Yeah. We're all young once. People make dumb decisions. Get over it. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I do that. I do but, that now, you know, because I yeah. have a tendency because my mom was really judgy, and so sometimes I get really judgy, and that is one thing that I've, I really work on, and especially when I know that people have struggles that you don't even know. Right? Exactly. I also try not to think that I can help somebody or that they should do the thing that worked for me. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, we don't know at all. We yeah, but yeah. also what worked for me isn't going to work for, for somebody, somebody else because yes. they're a completely different, different person, person, right? You going and visiting the children's prison, the adult prisons, or just going to colleges and schools and doing motivational speaking. For me, you're the kind of story that I want to hear. That's what inspires me. When I know that people have really, really struggled and they actually overcame their demons or overcame somebody trying to pull, crush them or, you know, there was nobody there who was giving you any hope. Uh, you are a very, inherently, you were born with a hopeful spirit and it's really cool to see. Thank it's you. exciting. I love it. Thank you, yeah. Before we wrap it up, what do you hope that you haven't done yet? A type of job or a new title? I want to direct, for sure. Yeah. Like that's, that's a big thing I want to do. Uh, I want to just keep making movies, yeah. no matter what, what that means, acting. Acting is the first for me, always. But um, I'm, I'm loving producing. I just want to give opportunity to, to people. That's, that's my main thing. I want to give opportunity to people and uh, make a way for people. That's big. Well, there's a couple programs for kids at risk. Have you been involved? I have not. Well, I work with at-risk youth, but um, in like film and stuff, I would love to get involved in that. Yeah. And, and arts, arts are so important, and I think they need to do more with that in school. Yeah. And if I was, if I focused on arts and somebody had let me explore that when I was a kid, who knows which way I would have went. Yeah. So I think that's important. When I was going through junior high, I always wanted to get an art because I love drawing and painting, all that stuff, and I just never did. Mm -hmm. And I remember I took a art class where I went through the painting and the sculpting and the different things. And I loved like just sitting for hours and painting and, and not great at it. Definitely one's going to make a living at it, but I loved it. And I remember the teacher that I had, the art teacher I had, I would come at third period, which was before our lunch, and I would sit there and then I would stay. And I would stay through my lunch. And sometimes I would stay through the rest of my classes. See, and she would it. let me sit there sometimes, knowing that I was skipping my classes because I was lost in an art project. And I'm telling you, that class and having her as a teacher shaped my creative life. Because I, I had never done that before. I don't know why I never had drawn or painted really. But it changed me. And her belief in me and her allowing me, she recognized another creative spirit. Oh my God, I hope that she did that for so many students, That's, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah, just little moments like, yep, that, like that, right? And yes. I have other moments, you know, I got into how I got into even directing and producing. It's because someone I met in a three-day period whispered in my ear and said, Quit waiting around for other people to option your film or do it for you. Just start filming. And that's what she said about Speak It. That's how I got in yeah. producing and why I own a portion of my company now is because I was interested in it and I reached out and I said, hey, I want to produce. How do I do that? I, I did a commercial with Josh and I, I asked the company that I was working for at the time. I was like a talent scout. And he was like, oh, it's, it takes a lot. You got to know people. And then he had this project that I'm doing right now. And he's like, here, go ahead, try. Yeah. And I made this from an idea to a full-fledged movie with funding and A-list talent. 
um, because I spoke it into existence and I asked, yeah. and now I'm a co-owner of the company. You know, yeah. I own a quarter of the company. So it's like, speak it, believe it, and go for no, it. No, I'm all about manifesting, yeah. saying it out loud and putting it out in the universe. And just so you know, taking something from startup to scale is a superpower. Yeah, 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 definitely. Because yeah. I had nothing to go off of but the script and an idea of the talent, and I got all the talent that they asked for secured. I got funding. I mean, a lot of funding, like something I didn't think I could do. Like. I didn't want to hear about that. <laughs> My whole life think. is about getting funding. I know it's hard. It's yeah. when you have big names. Oh, the attached, films I could do if I had funding. You got to get big names attached, yeah. and then yeah. uh, funding will come. Okay. So if I call you up and say, "Hey, Raymond, I Let's got a script it. for you." Let's do it. Yeah, okay. Let's awesome. Knock it out at the yeah. park. I'll do my. You best. say that now, but you're gonna be t- you're gonna be telling Chloe's. Who is it? Don't take her calls. No, I would I'm never do that. No, I'm down. I love to create and. Yeah, producing. I live for it. It's my. It's I am, I am so incredibly lucky that I have the opportunity to do this. I do wish two sides of the corn. I wish I had started this sooner. Oh my god! Even if I had five to ten years. Oh man! Because I feel like God, you could have accomplished in five to ten years, right? But the thing is, the films that I've done, the stories I've written, even doing this, it's because of who I am right now. Yep. Like the person that I am right now in oh. my life and all those experiences and stuff like that. Who I am now has brought it to bear for this. And part of me still wishes I had started earlier, but I think like it's it's, right life time. is all about timing. Yeah. yeah, I went through all yeah. that stuff I had to go through to get to where I'm yeah. at. That's why I think you just got to experience life. Everybody's in a hurry to get where they think they should be, but there's no time limit or clock that tells you you have to do something yeah. by now. Just experience things, watch things, eat things, create things. Um, just start it and just do it. Just start it and do yeah. it. The producing, I watched a TV show on how they produced The Godfather, and I was like, I can do that. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I called him and said, I want to produce. I just seen this movie. Me and my girl can do this. And yeah. we took that model from that show, and we did it. Oh I God. had her act as my secretary, and we handled the business, and we got it secured. And now we're producers, like full-fledged producers, yeah. producing commercials and big movies and owning yeah. companies, all from watching a TV show. You're lucky because you have an affinity for being a producer, an actor, a businessman, right? Yeah. And you're lucky because you found your passion. Yes. Because there are other people just like you who never find the thing that uh, feeds their monster or drives them, right? Yeah. And that, I think, is actually one of the hardest things, especially if you have drive, but you can never you find, know. you just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it took me three yeah. degrees to figure out what yeah. I did, but yeah. just got to keep doing stuff. You yeah. know, just do, I mean, take a class, watch a YouTube video, just try things. Yeah. I mean, why not? You yeah. ain't got nothing to lose. 100%. I am so excited about you being here and you and people listening and hearing your story because it is very inspiring and I know you hear that all the time but I'm, I'm like I'm all excited like I just can't <laughs> wait to like what am I going to do next right so yeah. you're inspiring me you. I am going to call you by the way yeah yeah, yeah. Let's we're going to work on that I'm putting that down yeah, on my list yeah. I'm but, so down yeah well I um, wish you all the best I know your star is rising and I know even if not everything happens we were talking about this earlier yes. that in this business you never know things that are certain are not, not certain, certain and then the bottom drops out a lot but when it all goes right and the collective gets together and that is, that's everything. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited. I can't wait to see what's next. Thank you. All right, thanks. If you have a story that needs to be told, send us an email at contact at mybestfell.tv. If we think it's a good fit, we'll reach out. Today's episode of My Best Fell was created by director of photography, Nuke Suminchot, editor and first assistant camera, Min Lee, sound, Brian Binning, gaffer, Billy Miller, 
production assistants, Clois Sayara and Thiessen Bailey. Makeup, Marissa Loya, and catering, Sarah Bailey. <laughs>